Hi hello and welcome to Saturday Architecture. Please do subscribe and share your feedback on all the episodes that you hear. Your feedback is very important to us. Have fun listening to this podcast. This is Kumaran your host. Hi all uh, welcome to Saturday Architecture we have uh, architects joining us Anand Srinivasan he's an architect with Cognizant and Niroj is an architect with uh, Virtusa and uh, we're picking up on a topic proposed by Deepak which is uh, anti fragility can anti fragility be incorporated into software systems so anti fragility was like to give a quick intro to examples one is assist a glass when it puts pressure breaks but what system when it puts under stress becomes stronger when we take our viral uh, vaccinations when we are children our body builds stronger with an infection an example of that uh, deepak gave an uh, interesting example of an anti fragile system which is not so good it is architecture on indian roads uh, you put poor pressure people figure out a way to bake it by going one way or going on the opposite side and demanding it's the right to go or taking the footpath right so when the system is under pressure it figures out a different way of solving the problem maybe wrong maybe right we don't know but that's an anti fragile system it becomes more stronger in its sense right uh, so considering this aspect how would it be it would be interesting if we can build that into software systems so classically in when we do application or software we try to avoid failures or risks and we try to make this system stronger to eliminate risks and eliminate attacks what if we could design it such that the system actually is open to receiving attacks so the closest thing which i have experienced or seen is i haven't seen an anti fragile system with respect to software itself but what i have been working on is the process and the people working with the system and with the software and i call that as a whole system operating so for example we had a uh, my team had very good tech developers who were trying to think how do i avoid failure how do i avoid bad code how do i add crashes from happening so instead of that i started looking at them if there is bad code what can we do to recover ourselves let's focus on the process for that okay so we are not afraid of bad code if applications crashes what do we do i kind of say let's have a process and check such that if the application crashes we can come back in 5 to 10 minutes right and it is okay to face failure we will fail let's not be afraid of falling failing but let's look at how to get back quickly now that requires both a mindset which is the human aspect of it i'm okay to fail coming coming from a culture where we have to get 100% marks and always pass we are it's not in our genes or the dna right so it's very hard to be an anti fragile system one of the basic things is your ability to take failure is as good as success so helping with the mindset and the process to recover from a failure is what i've been working on with my team i guess that's the closest which i've got to get a whiff of anti fragility in my system in my experience now we would like uh, let's listen to others on what they have seen or what they think about it in their sphere of operation when, when you look at the nature that's the best example for 
anti-fragility and the, the way to recover from a failure is built into nature so that if you look at a, a, a forest it's utter chaos but it survived the way it is for a, when, when humans look at it you look at it as chaos but there is an order in it so that it maintains itself so so that's one of the, the good example of anti-fragility so nature is the best example but when you look at the software so seeking with uh, microservice architecture cloud infrastructure probably a step toward the anti-fragility how do you feel that it's setting us on the path for anti-fragility what attributes uh, of these I'll give you an example uh, of uh, uh, one of those uh, possibilities i mean it's not still at its ideal situation but uh, a good example would be uh, when it comes to Amazon uh, uh, orders. If you place an order, then uh, this, there is a software service that basically pick that order and then check whether the actual payment can be completed in one aspect and then it goes to the, the, the stores and check whether the actual good is available. Let's say that uh, both the scenarios uh, return negative response to the system. Now, in ideal situation, it's a cancel or the, the order cannot be processed. Because the payment gateway is down, the, the good is not available in the store. But what uh, the system does is it actually proceeds with the order and give a success uh, message to the user. And then uh, the, the payment related uh, process is queued into a particular queue, which is robust enough. And then once the payment uh, uh, is up, it processes that. And also once the order is uh, uh, available, it uh, process the, 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 the order and then uh, check whether the, the store is uh, uh, having the good. Let's say that the store is not having the good right now. Then what it does is it uh, identify all these uh, requests which are partially completed, but then we have given a promise to the customer saying that uh, you have a, a, a good in our store, but in actual sense, the good is not in our store. So you identify all these uh, uh, orders which are not being processed, which are smaller in sense. So if you just wait, if you just if you just validate with the store and then process the order, then it's going to take more work for them to do that. But rather, smaller percentage of cases where you can process the order, but then later realize that the good is not in store. Mm. So that, that percentage is smaller. So you just pick those uh, orders which are not being processed because the order is not uh, available in the store. And then you call the customer and give him a discount and say that, okay, we'll uh, uh, process it uh, uh, after two months since the, the order is not available in our store. But in, in, in aid of that delay, we'll give you a discount. So that system is something that uh, moving toward uh, this anti-fragile way of doing things. Uh, monolith is said to fail the whole system uh, that everyone of us know that uh, one failure point pulls down the whole system uh, all set completely uh, this is even a step forward but uh, it to me uh, in today's world that we're living uh, this is only even a baby step uh, i wouldn't even say a baby step 
uh, we are too far away in looking at uh, what we actually term it as anti-fragile here. What uh, one of the design aspects that we have today, uh, which can also be uh, looked at one of the steps towards anti-fragile, is this uh, so-called this retry mechanism. You know, in many of the integrations or the third-party calls, we, we build something called retry. Um, it's very rudimentary, very, very basic step, but uh, it is a step forward on that direction, uh, definitely. Um, but I think the system, as Nirosh mentioned, we have the systems in place today, the, the background systems, which will enable us to go this path. Uh, it's just that we have to shape ourselves in the way we think and do these things. For example, the cloud and the um, uh, infrastructure that is definitely enables you to be anti-fragile. Uh, I think that's where we stand today. Uh, in, in terms of uh, the levels, we are uh, way too less in terms of where we need to approach. But I think the directions are there, at least where we need to go and move forward. And in what you have seen right here, wherever you are now or in Tesco, uh, can you think of some instance where you had to do a process change to give a kind or when I say process change, it's both IT process and a business process was needed to get a sense of resilience or anti-fragility. For example, an order is completed, but at the end of the day, I will go back and send a mail to the customer or some customer representative will call them and then say, you know what, we accepted your order, we don't have stock, can you send it after one week and give 20% discount? Which means the business has to accept that. Okay, so the resilience anti-fragility is not just in software. The IT process has to change and the business process has to change. Have you had any experience where you had to go back to the business to build at least maybe in a big process, two steps, you could make it anti-fragile. Yeah, so the core purpose of the website is to generate the order once. Now, when it comes to fulfillment, uh, we, we typically design this uh, exception queue, which we call it as uh, anything that you're not able to do, don't, uh, it's, it's like a long queue and people are, uh, somebody in the middle is actually creating a, um, a noise about it. So we are just pulling that guy and putting it into a separate bucket so that the queue is not disturbed. So in this particular exception queue, what happens is typically during a very high volume period, like a holiday period, what happens is this exception queue becomes itself as a problem even we dealt. So it, it, there is a need to actually split the exception queue in terms of purposes, right? Okay. What is a problem which is related to my stock? What is a problem related to my payment? So uh, we, 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 I would suggest we have tried, but I wouldn't say we were, we have not built something which was completely resilient to uh, get it to the state where we were. But at least what we tried to do in this case is uh, uh, split the exception queue into multiple reasoning and create a process flow saying, hey, if a, a ticket lands here, which is a stock problem, what has to happen? What is the workflow? beyond that to get it to the final stage. That kind of a flow was managed. And I think in today's world, in many of the e-commerces, people do this for payments uh, because payments is one of the key area where um, uh, people face the issue and where you need a customer interaction. Uh, stock in, in, in many scenarios would be a more internal problem than a problem to be dealt with customer. So I think in that sense, um, that particular area, I would say both uh, 
change from an IT, IT is more uh, enabler to it. There is a transformation that we have actually pushed it to go this direction of anti-fragile by bringing in a business process, how to manage that, how do you interact with the customer, where is the other functions in your enterprise going to change to adapt to this. I think that's a good example to actually uh, go that direction. So as an architect, right, when you're trying to do this, right, how easy or difficult was it, was it to convince the business? Okay, so classically we have this problem, right? I am the business owner, I am telling you, you do it, right? But in order to make an anti-fragile system, the architect needs to kind of influence the business, in a way kind of drive the business. Okay, so typically what happens is, moment we bring such a problem, right? Hey, I need a workflow to manage this exception queue. Uh, you need to have multiple reasons and each of the reason could lead into a different workflow. Business uh, comes back or anybody who's a, a owner, right, comes back to uh, try to fi find the fault in IT, right? They'll say, hey, your systems are not good, so hence these problems are happening. Why are uh, orders moving into exception queue? <laughs> Why can't you manage this in your solution? That's the mindset where... Um, um, Relating to the, your point, right? People try to avoid failures. Why do I need to get into a failure to address that, right? Instead, um, uh, there is no, uh, what do you say, acceptance immediately saying, hey, I need to approach this uh, completely different from what the system is actually designed for. So that that line has been really tough to draw. And uh, it's, it's only when we hit a major issue where you have to go through a big mess, which you know, it happened during a, the 2002 holidays where there are about 2000 orders stuck in the exception queue that is when they realized the importance of it and it took uh, trust me it took many years to even uh, shape that exception queue and decide what has to happen for each of the workflow so that's the challenge and i think uh, it, it has to change uh, it, it to be in the change of the, of the mindset of how we approach the problem versus uh, what needs to be designed as a solution right And I think as I hear from you, I think it's an architect needs to develop some kind of a skill, which is beyond technology, right? How to convince the others to say, you know, let's get into an agile, uh, anti-fragile way of thinking if we have to get there. Uh, looks like that's one of the needs. I, I don't have an answer, but I think that's one of the things which an architect needs to pick up, pick up that skill or that competency. Nirosh, you had. Yeah, where do I draw the line saying, hey, this is my ideal solution. This is how it is going to work. These are the boundaries for it. And if something goes wrong, this is my solution to it. And this is how it should be approached rather than trying to address everything on a single plane, uh, which is what traditionally we, we are used to yeah, doing. Used to doing, yeah. Just, uh, Kumaran, as you said, uh, it, it is. Uh, it is uh, a challenge when it comes to convincing the next level or the next paradigm of a solution. So you're talking about a story, 
or a building which is capable of holding 40 stories. The foundation is ready to hold 40 stories on top of that foundation. If you're talking about one small story on that 40th story, <laughs> which need to rebuild the foundation and build the whole building again. So that's the, the kind of change that we're talking about when you talk about anti-fragility. So that small step looks like a small step, mm. but it's actually a, a different paradigm altogether. So when it comes to convincing business to take that uh, one step and then decide to invest on a whole new system to give that anti-fragility, it's a very daunting task. It's a very difficult task to do. So yes, as you said, we need to find a way to convince business because when it when it comes to when it comes to say building or construction industry, it's the the industry is so old and it's mature so that people are educated. But when it comes to software industry, this service industry is about twenty years old, so it's so young, so that still people are learning it. So that we are a teenage brat. Teenage brats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what this industry. Yeah, but that's an interesting point, right? It's like a basic paradigm shift itself. Even though it looks like it's one thing small, it's actually changing the foundation itself. And it's, yeah. No, I, I, I believe at, at some place the architects are at fault. They, they, created this whole uh, environment of we will give you the perfect system and we will it will work all the time and it will never fail so we have i include myself uh, not being a software architect but we have set up that expectation in in terms of businesses also I mean, now we are just saying we have to undo our mistakes because we set up this expectation with business and said Oh, these systems will always work. They will never fail. I don't People, care whether it is a monolith. Sorry to interrupt. I just can't help commenting. Okay. Should we call this confessions of architects? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I believe, I believe we, this is, uh, if, I don't think business requires as much convincing as much as architect needs, needs to change their mindset. All of you have expressed that, that, this is, if once architects believe it, I think businesses already know it instinctively. When we talk about examples which we are giving from nature, from how human behavior works, people instinctively know how this thing is. Now, only the question is, how do you make sure that you allow, because you see, anti-fragility is also based on allowing small amount of mistakes in the system. Right. So, so if I, if I have to give advice to software architects, I'm saying, how does your system handle small mistakes? Right. Because big mistakes, obviously the system will fail. And then your uh, concept of how, how can we recover from a big mistake comes in. So how, how your, how does your system react to small mistakes? Right. And uh, does the small mistake actually bring the system down or the small mistakes actually make the system stronger? Right. And that is where your newer technologies like, AI based stuff where how the system evolves itself to um, start reacting to uh, small accidents, let's say, like small mistakes or small errors. How does the system learn from those small errors? And although that individual transaction may fail, but overall the system improves, right? This is what nature does, right? So, so if you see evolution, 
right so evolution the individuals see see people who do not evolve they will die right but the next generation improves mm. right so that that is how the system should means that is how the anti fragile system should behave that it is not all about making perfect systems it is all about how does the system keep on learning and evolving and the smaller mistakes how they are used to bring in uh, better uh, results for the next transaction so in a way uh, just kind of uh, twisting or substituting a word with mistake right uh is your question more on the lines of architects how comfortable are you with small failures happening failure. in the system yeah yeah mistake or a failure i mean any failure how to mean instead of uh, so one of the systems which which one of the ways nature sort of means you take your example of uh, immunization right immunization is a typical example of overcompensation right your body does not need to because you are giving only small amount of infection your body can react to it and actually destroy that infection but the way immunization works is your body overreacts to that small infection and then it builds its immunity right so that is one way <clears throat> we can learn from nature that this is actually what overcompensation actually is a concept which you need to think of that can you if something bad happens can you overcompensate and say no such transaction will automatically get failure next time one time we fail twice we fail we learn from it we modify the system uh, either manually or automatically whatever way you want to think about it but then the system actually keeps evolving and 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 so you right failures how do we react to failures if your system is very bad at handling failures obviously it is a fragile system so if your system is good at handling failure at least and evolving from those failures that is your stepping towards uh, anti fragility deepak i mean like one of the advantages like for others right when we work in microsoft one big advantage we have compared to other orgs right is we are exposed to many customers in a very short period of time in 10 years i had chance to work with 100 customers delivering hands on stuff right really right. making things happen because it's uh, and usually when we get engaged it will be a big problem small problems they don't call us we are right. we are expensive okay right. so uh, deepak how many customers would you have worked like what it's 12 years now with uh, microsoft 13 years yeah so yeah so probably hundreds of customers means if i i'll just go and check my logs and see how many customers actually have listed in there so so in this of- if you recall can you i'm sure there'll be one or two where some customer had a very interesting way of being anti fragile he wouldn't know the word anti fragile okay but he would be the kind of they are hone do yaar dekh lenge like kuch there's nothing big going to happen example. Okay. i'll give you an example so this is a so i will not name the
the advantages like for others, right? When we work in Microsoft, one big advantage we have compared to other orgs, right? Is we are exposed to many customers in a very short period of time. In 10 years, I had chance to work with 100 customers, delivering hands-on stuff, right? Really making things happen because it's, uh, and usually when we get engaged, it'll be a big problem. Small problems, they don't call us because we are expensive. Okay. So, uh, Deepak, how many customers would you have worked? Like what, it's 12 years now with uh, Microsoft? 13 years, yeah. So, yeah, so probably hundreds of customers means if I, I just go and check my logs and see how many customers actually have listed in there so so in this, of- if you recall can you i'm sure there'll be one or two where some customer had a very interesting way of being anti-fragile he wouldn't know the word anti-fragile okay but he would be the kind of they are hone do yaar, dekh lenge. Like, kuch, and there's nothing so big I'll, gonna I'll happen example. Okay. i'll give you an example so this is a so I will not name the customer. So this is a customer who runs a, a, an online travel insurance uh, business. Right? Is, is, so they are the travel insurance actual insurer, right? So they will actually do the insurance and they will. So so we we were called in to just look at it. How can we make them agile? View of looking at agility is that okay? How frequently are you deploying? And I figured out that they are deploying every two weeks. So I said you are actually you are deploying the whole thing every week your system actually means your system is able to take this kind of a load although it may be a monolith right all we are going to do is break this monolith into small microservices but still i'm not sure i'm going to beat your system and say you already have deploying two weeks and you are still doing it successfully and and the reason for their deploying every two weeks was different from what what i would think of the way their system worked was that even if you want to change some insurance rate introduce a new product they would have to redeploy the whole system so that's how they, so means although means it's, it's a from architecture perspective you can say this is a very very bad architecture it says why why would you need to redeploy the whole system just to change configuration in some respects, right? But the fact that they were able to deploy this successfully every two weeks without bringing the whole system down meant their system was actually anti-fragile. How did they have (laughs) confidence that when you do so much deployment, right? There must be something which, like for us, when we say deploy weekly, we are afraid which code will be in what state, what will break. What gave them the confidence that so it was not really the confidence. They it was breaking all the time. All I'm oh, saying okay. that it did not break. Okay. <laughs> it was, okay. It, so it was the requirement. They had to deploy it because ah. the business demand was I need to be able to launch products. I need to be able to change uh, uh, okay. I trust uh, the insurance rates. All those things. I need to be able to do that. It's just that the architecture did not support that thing. So their only option was to be to code and compile and deploy. <laughs> right. So, so, so oh, that, okay. That, that was their situation. Okay. Right? So they had no choice but to do that. Ah, uh, so it's it's that they'll keep deploying it. Things will go wrong. They will manage yes. it, and then they will keep continuing doing that itself. So yes, they, exactly. They learn to live with failures as a part of their process. It's not like I don't want failures to happen. Yes, exactly. So, so they they were forced to live like that. It's not uh-huh. that they had a choice. Okay. If they had a choice, they would have built a nicely fragile system which will fail once in a quarter very, very badly. Except <laughs> they were failing every two weeks. <laughs> and 
they were still managing right so so, so the, ah, the day okay. after deployment okay. they would suffer a little and then they will work and fix it and fix it but they got used to doing that so i said there is no way i can beat that muscle which you have built a trivia question there so wouldn't the guys working whether it's a senior manager the bis guy the tech guys right i would think that they will be like some nirvana buddha straight right things have crashed say ha ah, okay we will go work on it no See, big deal that's that's what that's what happens when you get used to a particular situation that how human mind works right this is okay now this is the weekend to deploy now uh, we have to switch on our uh and <laughs> uh, whatever nirvana state has to come on right <laughs> okay and, and, and then they have to actually trigger that right because they cannot sustain otherwise deepak nirosh that's the answer architect needs to develop that nirvana skill <laughs> to make anti fragility happen <laughs> well here it seems to have happened by accident and probably yeah. i think we need to figure out ways to make it happen by intention right uh, for architects themselves and others interestingly that leads us an architectural discussion ends in a spiritual note okay <laughs> but yeah, one point to add uh, add yeah. to that right just relating while you we are talking mm-hmm. is that i think an interesting point where we probably are overlooking or or that's where probably the architects have to start looking into is you, you we have this uh, construct this try catch block right Mm-hmm. what we it it's perfect example of what we are talking here right we we should be ready to fail that's how the the code construct is also there but what we do is whatever many a times what happens is the catch block dies there nobody creates a path from the catch block to elsewhere so it, and this is not just in one place right all over the code you have the catch blocks so none of the catch blocks leads into a next step or a workflow what i need to do next i think that's one of the area i believe where a focus has to be in terms of getting this on to this path what we are talking about that's an interesting perspective yeah as a system we need to have try catch blocks we want to write code such that no exception will ever be thrown yeah interesting okay great uh, so that was a good discussion uh, thanks all for uh, joining Uh, see you in a fortnight from now